Yo, 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 what is good, my fellow ballers? Yes, your host, Tyler, has been away for quite some time, and yeah, it's just been a long couple months, I'm finally getting back into the groove of it, I moved out to Arizona from California, so now I'm back at it, and yes, it's been a long time, so thank you for bearing with me, obviously whoever's listening is still listening and probably anxiously waiting for another episode, and yeah, so here we go. It's been a long couple months and a lot has happened in sports, but specifically the biggest one has been baseball. So for anyone that doesn't know, baseball currently is in a lockout. Yeah, may not have baseball this upcoming season. So the issue right now is the MLBPA, which is the Major League Baseball Players Association, and then the MLB, which obviously is all the owners, and then the commissioner of baseball, which is Rob Manfred, have not come to terms on Oh my gosh, a lot of things. I don't even know where to start. And the problem is a lot of people don't think anything is going to get done, which is very sad because uh, people want baseball, including the players and the fans. But in recent years, the players specifically on the Players Association have felt that they have been underpaid, deserve more player rights. And uh, the owners have said, uh, no, no, that's not going to happen. We control you. We are the owners and we're not going to get to that. So... Yeah, uh, it's not good. It has not been good, and I really am frustrated because being a baseball fan, obviously I want baseball to happen. And two, I just got a job job with the Diamondbacks, and if baseball doesn't happen, then I'm out of work. So it's really screwing over not just me, but also the players, the fans, and other people's jobs and lives as well. But what I really wanted to touch on is, so for anyone – Obviously, it doesn't really know about the lockout or everything. Obviously, I kind of just gave a brief thing right there. But so what's happened, and this is from an article from CBS Sports, it's five takeaways as Mob as Rob Manfred cancels regular season games after owners MLBPA failed to reach deal. So Rob Manfred is the commissioner of MLB. There's a lot of people that don't like him, including me. But in the article, it talks about the extension and the five reasons, basically, what's going down in baseball at the moment and what's going to happen. So in the first part of the article, it was written by Mike Exia. In the first part, it says, after an extension of Monday's informal deadline, Major League Baseball and the MLB Players Association were, were unable to strike a new collective bargaining agreement that would end the owner-imposed lockout on Tuesday. MLB, which said at a 5 p.m. Eastern Time deadline for a deal made what it called its best and final offer Tuesday afternoon, which was unanimously rejected by the union. Soon thereafter, Commissioner Rob Manfred announced in a press conference that regular season games will be canceled. And this is a statement from him. I had hoped against hope I wouldn't have to have this press conference where I'm going to cancel some regular season games, Manfred said. We worked hard to avoid an outcome that's bad for our fans bad for our players, and bad for our clubs. Our our failure to reach an agreement was not due to a lack of effort by either party. End quote. And I will say right there that is completely false. Was not due to a lack of effort by either party. No, false. It is a lack of effort from the owners themselves. They are the most power-hungry, greedy people in the physical sport. What more money do you need when you already pull in billions of dollars every year? What else do you need? Why do you need an extra five? 
six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Why does it matter how much more money you make? Being an owner physically, if you're not even counting ticket sales, just owning the team in general, you are already a billionaire. Nope. It's because ever since they lost the COVID season and they had to play the 64 games or however many it was, oh, we lost a couple. We lost a couple million. Oh, boo-hoo. Boo-hoo. Go, go sell your jet. Go sell your boat. Go sell your five houses. Go sell your nine cars. What are you bitching about? It's about the players. It's about the sport itself. Screw what the owners have to say. It's my opinion. Really. Truly. And I, and I get, obviously, they are owners. And they have, that's why they're called owners. They have ownership of the team, ownership of the players. But you can't gouge the players. You can't gouge more money when you're already making billions of dollars. When some guys literally are scratching to get into the league to even make a dent with the league minimum, which is like 560000 Nope, going to take that away from you because I want more money because I'm greedy. Unreal. And that's just my take on it. I don't think the owners are in the right at all. And I'm on the side of the players. And I think a lot of people and fans of baseball will say the same. We don't want to lock out. We want to see baseball. Literally, it's our the greatest pastime in American history is baseball. Don't take it away. Because it's not just the players you're affecting, but it's also fans. It's also people that work for the organization. It's not just the owners. You have media, human resources, coordinators, camera operators, post-production, production people, Everyone, social media, communications, everything. You are literally ruining it for everyone. And it sucks. And I hope they come to a deal sometime because the two first series of the year have already been canceled, like I mentioned earlier. But moving on to the five takeaways from that press conference and what we can build on. This is still from the same CBS article. So the first one, obviously, we know. The first one is regular season games will be missed. That's that's already been obviously talked about. But quote-unquote from the article right here, it says, To reiterate, opening day will be delayed and regular season games will be missed now that MLB's informal deadline has passed. It will be the first time baseball has lost regular season games to a work stoppage since the 1994-95 player strike. A total of 90 games have been canceled thus far. It's just stupid. It's just stupid. The last time that's happened... It just gets you fired up, dude. It's unreal. The second one on the list, expanded postseason may be off the table. So also from the article, MLB and the MLBPA reportedly agreed to the framework of an expanded 12-team postseason field on Monday, which would be so awesome, but that's not going to happen. Though the union had previously warned they would not agree to an expanded postseason if players are not paid their full salaries in 2022. Now that regular season games and potentially salary will be missed, MLB may have to wait for an expanded postseason. That is so lame. Lame, dude. Just pay the players. That is the issue. You already have enough money. Just pay them. It's that simple. Next, the third point to take away is MLB is trying to defect blame. That is 100% true. Still from the article, if you've paid attention throughout the lockout, you may have noticed MLB invariably describes their proposals as productive while portraying the MLBPA's offers as going backwards or overreaching. The league carefully plays the PR game, and that was true again late Monday night. Then they claim the two sides were close to a deal while the union cautioned they were still far away. A quote from the article, We've also been clear and consistent that there are major issues on which we're very far apart, Meyer said. 
That hasn't changed. There have been and still are major issues. Dude, it's not productive when you're not meeting up. What is getting done? Nothing is getting done. Like, really, nothing is nothing is being accomplished. Oh, we're going to meet next week, and then we're going to talk, and then not come to a compromise. Oh, then, then, then batshit stupid. That, nothing, that's dumb. Nothing's going to get done. It's unreal. Next to the list, at four, MLB is barely budging on luxury tax thresholds. And this is from the article. Perhaps the single biggest issue on the table is the competitive balance tax. So in air quotations, that's the luxury tax in the league. Obviously, they have to tax the players and tax the money because that's just how money works. Or baseball's soft salary cap. So MLB backed off its proposal for increased penalties within the last 48 hours, though the sides remained very far apart on the thresholds. Here is each side's final luxury tax threshold proposal. So this is from 2022, so this year all the way to 2026, and this is the MOB's proposition. 220 million this year, 220 next year, 220 the year after that, 224 the year after that, and then 230 the year after that. So literally an increment of stays the same for three years, goes up four, then goes up six. Okay, and then we have the Players Association for MOB. 2022 this year, they have 238 million, then to 244, then 250, then 245, and then 263. It's not even a big difference. What, what do you have to lose? You already make enough. Like, I, I, I don't know. The MLB is just, yeah, just wants more money and shouldn't have it that way. And the last thing on the list, number five. MLB did not issue a last best offer. So MLB described Tuesday's offer as their best and final offer, not their last best offer. And there's an important distinction. Last best offer is a phrase management uses before declaring a legal impasse, and an impasse would allow MLB to unilaterally implement Tuesday's offer. So we have never used that phrase, last best final offer with the union, Manfred said Tuesday. We said it was our best offer prior to the deadline to cancel games. Our negotiations are deadlocked right now, but that's different than using the legal term impasse, and I'm not going to do that right now. In the event Manfred declares an impasse, the MLBPA would undoubtedly respond by filing an unfair labor practices char- uh, charge, and the National Labor Relations Board could issue a complaint for failure to bargain in good faith. An impasse would lead to the two sides winding up in front of a judge, essentially, and that's where it's just going to get messy. For now, Manfred has not taken the necessary steps to declare legal impasse, and said saying the owners like to keep the idea that we are willing to go back to the table and make an agreement. And he's saying that so he can save his skin. But everyone in baseball, including myself, even the players, do not like Rob Manfred. Because he's a horrible commissioner. And this isn't even the bad thing about being power-hungry with money. He also is responsible for allowing the Houston Astros to keep their championship after they cheated. And and the players were granted immunity. And then, hey, you're back next year after cheating. Oh, hey, no problem. And that's just the one they caught him for one year. They were cheating for three, four years. Final final thing I say, I am on the player's side for this. Owners don't need any more money. Yes, it is their job to delegate and run a team and own a team and own players in that sense. Yes, obviously they pay the player salaries. I get that. But also you don't need any more money than you already have when you have millions of dollars coming in from ticket sales, jersey sales, what players bring in revenue, ads, everything, marketing, advertisement. What else do you need? Concessions, tickets, everything, dude. It's just... 
uh, it's unreal. I feel bad for baseball. I feel bad for the players. I feel bad for fans, people that work for the teams, everything. It's just a big mess. But anyway, moving on to something maybe more a little bit exciting and not so grim is is uh, NFL. So obviously the Rams won the Super Bowl this year, which is, I mean, awesome for a Rams fan. I am not a Rams fan, but that's good for them. But with football comes free agency period like any in any other sport. So the free agency period for football starts March 14th. That's the legal tamping period, excuse me. But then free agency starts the 16th. And my oh my, there are a lot of good players on the market this year. But here are the top ones available this offseason. And there are some good ones. So the first on the list is Devontae Adams, wide receiver for the Packers. So Adams is arguably still the best all-around wide receiver in the NFL and in his prime with longtime quarterback Aaron Rodgers. He's likely to get the franchise tag part as a placeholder for a long-term deal and part to placate Rodgers, who's undecided about wanting to return to Green Bay. For me, Rodgers is the biggest story of free agency period this year because that that in itself right there, Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, I think, leaving is really going to alter Rodgers' Aaron Rodgers' choice. It's going to affect him in a big way. But, I mean, where's Rodgers going to go? I said Denver. I would love for him to go to Denver because Denver has Drew Locke, (laughs) Teddy Bridgewater, (laughs) and they are the perfect team where they already have the weapons in place. They have the money to get him there. John Elway, the owner, obviously general manager, sorry, not owner, general manager, former quarterback. They already have that connection of being quarterbacks. They already have that relationship right there. Get him in Denver. High, high-powered high passing offense, great defense. Denver would take him in immediately. Last good quarterback the Broncos had was Peyton Manning, and that was like seven years ago when they were winning Super Bowls. Hmm. And it makes sense because Peyton Manning's a Hall of Fame quarterback, and so is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers needs to go to Denver, or if Green Bay keeps him, then Green Bay needs to keep Devontae Adams, plain and simple. Next on the list at number two is J.C. Jackson, cornerback for the New England Patriots. Don't know why they're letting him go. Jackson was tremendous in coverage, taking over as their number one corner. He had eight interceptions and led the league with 23 pass breakups. He's iffy to come back to New England after the team parted ways with Stephen Gilmore, and Jackson may need to find his big money elsewhere. Good quarterback, sorry, good cornerback, and he's very worthy of good money. Next on the list is Taron Armstead, offensive tackle for the Saints. Armstead battled some knee injury issues in 2021, like fellow bookend Ryan Ramchick, but he remained smooth as ever in pass protection when out there for any of their quarterbacks. He's meant to keep playing the left side because he's not the same run-blocking rock. New Orleans has always been a, been a pretty good team for having online. They always did a really good job of protecting Drew Brees, even though he's not there anymore, so... Hopefully the Saints are able to bring him back. Next on the list at four is Chris Godwin, wide receiver for the Buccaneers. This is another one they should obviously retain because he's a very important piece of their offense. Obviously Tom Brady retiring is so gnarly, but keeping the offensive pieces is very important, even if Brady's not at the helm anymore. So Godwin played well under the franchise tag in his second and final season with Brady, who boosted his stock in making him his key short-to-immediate go-to guy. He should recover well from his knee injury and has many strong seasons left as a versatile slot ace. Next on the list, big ups for this gentleman, is Von Miller, edge rusher for the Los Angeles Rams, former Super Bowl MVP for the Broncos, who I just mentioned. Von Miller is one of the best edge rushers still in the league, even at 32. Miller remained effective in producing 9.5 sacks in 15 combined regular season games with Denver and L.A., 
He slowed down a bit from his prime, but he can still be a valuable part of any 3-4 defensive scheme. And I totally believe that. He's still effective. Next on the list is Chandler Jones, another edge rusher, and he plays for the Cardinals. Jones rebounded to pick up where he left off after a 2020 season loss to a biceps injury, recording 10.5 sacks in 15 games. He's consistent in getting to the QB, and like Miller, he has one more big money run left in him. Okay, I could see it. Next on the list is Orlando Brown Jr., offensive tackle for the Chiefs. They picked him up last year in the free agency period, and their line they had him, Joe Thune, and a couple other guys they picked up and spent huge money on. There's a good chance the Chiefs will lock down the rock they acquired from the Ravens last offseason soon, likely with a lucrative long-term deal. Smart given his age versus the franchise tag. So here we go. Let's hope they don't because I don't like the Chiefs. Mike Williams is next number eight. Wide receiver for the Chargers. This is my boy. They need to keep him. Williams shook off some past durability issues to have his best season, catching 76 of 129 targets for 1,146 yards and nine touchdowns, proving to be a key deep threat and red zone option for Justin Herbert. Los Angeles may move on, however, with Jalen Guyton and Josh Palmer having promised to complement Keenan Allen with big plays outside. Just keep all four. Just please keep all four. Don't get rid of any of them. Next on the list is Jesse Bates III, safety for the Cincinnati Bengals. Bates was a second-team All-Pro in 2020. He wasn't as prolific making plays all over the field in 2021, but he's active, extra defender for run support, and still has strong ball hawking skills, and he can shine in any scheme. And you really want that in a defensive player, especially safety, because you want to have the versatility. Put him in the box, put him deep, put him put him in coverage, put him in the middle of the field, line him up against a receiver, do anything. That's what you want. Next at 10 is Marcus Williams, safety for the Saints. Williams has been steady. Durable and well-rounded for New Orleans since some struggles as a younger player. He's always got a nose for the ball in coverage and had his best season versus the run in 2021. Next on the list at 11 is Ryan Jensen, center for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jensen was a worth free agent splurge from the Ravens and raised his game while snapping for Brady for two years, but there's a good chance he leaves to get one last big deal, something Tampa Bay may have trouble affording. Okay. Next, who I mentioned earlier, Stephen Gilmore, one of the best corners in the league at some point. He currently plays for the Panthers. Gilmore was pretty strong in coverage during his half season in Carolina after being dealt for New England. He's not fading too much given his age, but is still more of a short-term playmaker for interested teams. So basically, the teams want to make the long run. Not the long run, but like they that's not the right term, but they they want to get to the Super Bowl immediately. They need immediate help and like not he's not the long-term plan, but they need production immediately. He's the guy, and he's still good, even for his age. What is he? Yeah, thirty-one. Dude, he's he's one defensive player. I think once or twice. He's super good cornerback. Next on the list at thirteen is Carton Davis, defensive back for the for the Buccaneers. Davis missed seven games with injuries in twenty twenty-one, but when on the field, he showed the shutdown promise and ball skills from his breakout twenty twenty season that was integral to Tampa Bay winning the Super Bowl. He's likely to be franchise tagged, with Godwin being signed for multiple years and Jensen walking. Yeah, Tampa Bay just has a lot of guys they need to sign, but also they were able to keep all the guys together, so hopefully they can. Next on the list at 14, we have two left, is Akeem Hicks, defensive tackle for the Chicago Bears. Hicks' production inside against run and pass looks similar between 2020 and 21, putting up the same three and a half sacks and six fewer games of healthy action. 
has defied his age to be a strong plug and play. There was a lot of talks of him coming to the Chargers this year and this offseason, so that would be a pretty sweet pickup. Super kind of like, you know, high risk, whatever, or low risk, super cheap option kind of veteran type deal. Maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. And then lastly, we have Emmanuel Ogbe, edge edge rusher for the Dolphins. Ogbe had a few massive games in producing a second consecutive season with nine sacks. He has enjoyed his best play in Miami, including against the run, and can remain consistent elsewhere. And there you have it. 15 players to be on the lookout for. Obviously, there are many more than just those 15, but pretty much those are the 15 I wanted to highlight because they are very important and really can bring a lot of success to a lot of different teams. But then again, I will reiterate it again. Aaron Rodgers is the biggest story of this offseason, even if he's not a free agent or the Packers aren't going to tag him or if the franchise tags on him or he's you know unrestricted free agent, whatever the story may be with Rodgers, he is the biggest story. And you can, and I, you can, even if you don't believe me, go watch SportsCenter. Go watch ESPN. Just look up articles on him. Literally, everyone is talking about him. Where will Aaron Rodgers go? Is he going to retire? Is it too soon to let him go? Oh, will he ever get a ring again? Everyone is talking about Aaron Rodgers because he arguably was the best quarterback in the league for the longest time. But aside from Brady, but he was stuck on a team because a team that well, paid him too much because he wanted a fat contract and they were never able to bring in anybody to help him because of maybe it's his selfishness. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, he's very deserving of a huge contract. I totally think so. But the problem is when you, it's just like with Patrick Mahomes is the perfect example. When you, when you give a guy 10 years, 500 million, whatever Patrick Mahomes is getting, it's some lucrative number like that. Who who are you going to sign? You're going to sign a bag of chips off the street, a, a bag of rocks on the, on the, on the freaking corner. Like, who are you going to sign? You don't have enough money because it's it's tied into one player. It's the problem. Aaron Rodgers needed to take lesser contracts throughout his whole career, but he never did that. But now the Packers are desperate to lose him because a hot take that my, my roommate Jordan told me is that the Packers really don't believe in Jordan Love. Drafted him in the second round a couple years back. Hey, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be the guy. And really, I think. The Packers are desperately going to try to keep Rodgers around so they don't have to have Love be the plan for the future. Because maybe Rodgers gets one more year and then he's done and gives Love another year to develop. But who knows? But that was Jordan's hot take, is that Love is not the answer. So now the Packers are spiraling to pick up someone else and spiraling to get get Aaron Rodgers to come back. But what are you going to do to keep him? What are you going to do, management, to keep him there? A guy that's been there and brought a a championship to your city. What are you going to do? You better sign Devontae Adams. You better. Don't get rid of him. Because if you do, Aaron Rodgers is not going to want to stay. Who's he going to throw to? Jeff Janis? Garbage, dude. He's going to have no one to throw throw to. So, Aaron Rodgers' hot take. Pretty much he's the highlight of this year. And he needs to... I don't want him to go to Denver because I'm a Charger fan. But he probably needs... Maybe I think that would be a good... That's his his last best chance to get a ring, in my opinion. So... That's where I'm going to leave it at. But thank you for being patient with me for the, you know, three, four months I didn't record an episode. I just, microphone broke, you know, working two jobs. I'm obviously, I don't want to make excuses because that's not what I'm about, but I'm just saying those things so everyone has a clear idea. I moved. I got two more jobs now, so it's starting up again. I created a TikTok at, at Tyler T. Robinson, at Balm Podcast, so obviously you can follow me there. The Instagram is the same, Balm with Tyler Todd, Balm Podcast. We're trying to grow this and trying to make this a normal thing trying to post daily or every once in a while trying to get more interactive with you know the community the fans and 
yeah, man, on Spotify, on Apple Music, Google, Breaker, everything. Make sure to check me out every Friday at 5 p.m. Only doing one episode a week now so I can really delve into the material, really give you guys something that actually is worthwhile for listening to. And yeah, appreciate all the support, man. I'll catch you on the next one. Peace.